Listener Production. Coming up on today's episode of Footy Talk, we will discuss the fallout from last night's game where the Cats couldn't get over the line against the Blues. We'll preview the huge Friday night clash between Brisbane and Melbourne. And we will chat to a young GWS Giants star who's known as the CEO around the footy club. That's all to come on today's edition of Footy Talk. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Footy Talk on this Friday, the 24th of March, where you get your daily dose of footy news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. And joining me today, I have Channel 9 and Triple M's very own Nat Yanidis. Hello, Nat. Lovely to see you on this Friday. You were there boundary side last night. Let's get straight into the game. Carlton and Geelong, because there are a lot of Blues fans up and about this morning. As they should be, Joey. I mean, they're undefeated to start the season. We could be talking about them being winless, of course, with that draw in round one, but they are undefeated after getting an eight-point win over the reigning premiers, the Cats. A few issues for Geelong. They're saying that there's no panic stations just yet, but they are the first reigning premiers to lose the first two rounds of the season since 2009. And this is the first time that the Cats have lost two games in a row since round 2021 2019, there's a lot of 20s in there. There is. It's staggering they haven't lost two in a row for nearly three years, Geelong, but that just shows how good they are. And you're right, 2009 was the year that Hawthorne came off that flag in 08. They lost the first two games of 09, and they missed the finals completely. So a little bit of history, but uh, we'll get to Geelong in a minute, but it's all about the Blues first up. Yeah, as it should be, because like we said, a winning start to the season or, well, their first win of the season. They sit on top of the ladder. Yes, it's only the start of round two, but they were sensational last night. Charlie Kerno kicking five goals. Harry Mackay was up there taking big grabs as well. So there's some good-looking things happening at the Blues at the moment. Let's have a listen to what the coach Michael Voss had to say. And tonight, you know, we were sort of absorbing a fair bit sort of from about seven minutes to go. Um... And uh, it wasn't quite going the way that we wanted it. But in the last three and a half minutes, I thought we executed really, really well. Um, there was some great big plays. You know, Harry was down the line, um, took some really special marks. Um, Lewis Young was another one. Young Ollie Hollands, um, you know, was amazing uh, in some efforts. But um, there's some individuals. But what that, um, what's that surrounded by is uh, a team doing their job. And, um, you know, so it was nice to be able to get through that moment. They certainly did tighten up a little bit in that fourth quarter. Nat, they were comfortably in front. I think it's about nearly four goals up at three-quarter time. They did their damage in the third term. Six-goal quarter. They smelt blood. Geelong were just slightly off. The only thing that kept the Cats in it really was some efficiency and, let's be honest, Jeremy Cameron. I mean, he almost single-handedly kept the Cats in it, but they they were really impressive. The Blues, um, as you said, the, the big boys up forward. The midfield were doing their thing without Sam Walsh and George Hewitt, two really important players. But the back line, Love the way they stood up again. They're showing week on week now that they are building a solid back line that is hard to crack. Yeah, and this is what I want to talk to you about because we make a lot of Jacob Wiederings, obviously the general down there, a leader at the club. But And Michael Voss did touch on this. Lewis Young, he's really gone onto the radar, and I reckon Carlton have found one in him. I think they have. Last year was a sensational year for him. He ended up becoming a top 10 intercept player in the league. He really sort of made himself at home in that back line. Now this year he's taken it to another level. And I think they've got – talk about the Twin Towers and the forward line. I think Weedering and Lewis Young are going to be a pretty strong combination in defence, and then they've got some nice uh, other pieces as well. So they were excellent on the flip side. What did you make of the Cats? First of all, the crowd, they didn't seem to be a lot of Geelong fans there last night. It was a bit of a flat start for them. 
it's a long way to come up the highway, <laughs> particularly on a Thursday night. So I can understand where they're coming from, but there weren't a lot of Geelong fans there last night. 55,000 in total. Not sure how the AFL would feel about that for a Thursday night. I guess Carlton would have been expecting more given it was their first home game of the season. But the Blues fans, they were loud. They were proud. They were getting around uh, their teammates. They like to move when Lachlan yes, Cowan gets the ball, yeah. which we love. We love um, them getting around the young boy. Uh, but, yes, the Cats have got some issues. And a lot of it's got to do with injuries. Obviously, the loss of Tom Stewart was massive for them, and you could tell that last night. They were really stretched in their back line because, as you've, we've already mentioned, you've got Kerno, you've got Mackay down there. De Koning swung down there as well. Pittenet came into the side because Jack Martin was a laid out. So they played tall Carlton, and it really uh, exposed a few deficiencies for the Cats. And I think that they might have a few concerns yet. Yes, it's early days, but Chris Scott's got to go back to the drawing board. Yeah, it, it's a fascinating one. It's hard to, to know what to make of it because I think there are a number of factors that are just small but may add up. So, yes, they've had a, a bit of a softer preseason compared to other clubs, and rightly so. They're coming off a premiership, older side. They haven't done as much body of work as most of these other teams. So that is a factor. Yes, they're missing some key personnel, and some of their other players are banged up as well when you think of Tom Hawkins is banged up. Sam DeConing was playing sore. That's a factor. Then you do have to slightly think, okay, are they as dog hungry and have as much motivation as previous years when they were all trying to get that premiership medallion? Now they've got it. Is it just slight that that intent to get there? And maybe, as always is the case, they are 12 months older, a lot of these senior players. And eventually, we keep saying, we've been saying a few years, but eventually it might catch up. So look, I'm not writing the cats off yet from my perspective. That'll be ridiculous to do because this club is amazing. But there are just some slight concerns for Chris Scott and his coaching staff they need to work through. What did you make of Patrick Dangerfield's first two games of the season because there has been some criticism. I think he was the leading clearance getter on the ground so he's not playing badly by any stretch of the imagination. It's Patrick Dangerfield at the end of the day but there's been criticism of how he started the season. Have you seen him being slow out of the block? Yeah, no doubt. I think everyone can see that Danger hasn't played up to his lofty standards in the first two weeks but all the points I just mentioned might apply to Dangerfield. He's still going to always do his thing in tight. I mean that's just natural but he just seems to doesn't have that run and spread explosiveness at the moment, but he's not alone. A lot of those others in that side, Cam Guthrie looks a little bit the same, Tommy Atkins and and a couple of the small forwards haven't played with the same zest that they did last year, so they're just on watch. We're not going to panic just yet. They've got a pretty soft run in regards to winnable games the next six. I think five of their next six against teams that aren't in the top eight or we don't think will be in the top eight. So they've got their chance, but it was Fascinating listening to Chris Scott in his post-game press conference last night. I thought we were a work in progress midway, three-quarters of the way through last year as well and, and got our game going. So we're a fair bit off where we think we're going to get. I just know it's going to look different to, to, to last year. We can get to, I think, a similar level relative to others in the competition, but the way we do it uh, is going to be different. And that's OK. That's actually exciting. Geelong coach Chris Scott speaking there. They said during the week it's not panic stations and we are only two rounds into the season. So it's a watch this space on Geelong. They've got, I think, an eight-day break before they play their next game. So they've got a bit of time to get everything together and get some of those sore bodies back on the track. Tonight we've got another huge game. Really looking forward to this one. Brisbane taking on Melbourne. There's going to be some heat in this one, Joey. There's a bit of a rivalry brewing between these two sides and I like it. I know the coaches try and play it down, Chris. 
Fagan tried to play it down, but Dane Zorko, who, of course, remember, had some words to Harrison Petty last year. They were getting up in each other's faces. He comes back into the side just to add that little bit of spice. I think uh, Mitch Robinson's thrown some stuff out on social media, just also adding a little bit of spice. So this will be a beauty, but you talk about all eyes on Geelong. All eyes will be on Brisbane tonight after the way they played against Port Adelaide. They're coming in with huge expectation this season. They got well and truly beaten in a, in a uh, final preliminary final last year. Melbourne touched them up round 23 last year as well, and they play the Demons again tonight. So it's going to be a fascinating contest to see how Brisbane respond against what looks to be the hottest team in the competition at the moment in Melbourne. I know they were poor against Port Adelaide, but can you read too much into that one? I know that they travelled into state. Obviously, they're still trying to gel. They've got Josh Dunkley in there. They've got uh, Jack Gunston who's also come into the side. Is it just a matter of them trying to gel or with was they really that bad? Yeah, no, it's, it's dangerous to read too much in it because you can have a moment like that, particularly in round one, where sometimes you're either overhyped as a club and you don't play to your level. Sometimes you, you may be just a little bit off the boil. Um, some new players coming in. Chris Fagan said maybe it was some complacency. Maybe they thought that they were just it was just going to happen. And now they've had a bit of a reality check. So, look, again, they're just on watch. But um, if Melbourne touched them up tonight, then there will be a lot of heat coming for Brisbane because as much as it was a bit of a, a one-off in round one, they did show some signs in some games the back end of last year um, against some of the better teams that they weren't quite able to match it despite winning a final against the Demons. Melbourne look great to me. They've got some big ins coming back. Uh, Brisbane, it's going to be a really fascinating contest. Can't wait. The Ds look like they're on a mission. Yeah. It's Bounce only back year. It's early days, but you speak to blokes around the club – I spoke to Brody Grundy during the week, and obviously he wasn't there last year, but he reckons he can sense it. These, this team is out for redemption. After going out early in the finals last year, they seemed so concentrated. They seem like they're really motivated in what they want to achieve, and they've got some huge ins this week as well. So they did really, really well against the Bulldogs last weekend, and all of a sudden you've got the likes of Stephen May, Jack Viney, Bailey Fritch yep. coming into the side. That's a scary proposition. Yeah, and that's why they were my preseason tip. For that reason, that bounce-back factor, the motivation, they don't want to waste what they've got in regards to talent with this group to not have a crack at winning another flag. No doubt going out in straight sets would hurt. And they are up and about. So they're the benchmark at the moment. Let's see what Brisbane can deliver. I can't wait for it. There'll be a lot of fallout either way on Saturday morning. So can't wait. But well, we've got you, Nat, and we've got a special guest coming up after this. We're going to chat to a young GWS giant star. But any other news floating around AFL world? Oh, there's plenty happening in the AFL world, Joey. You know that it never sleeps. It's no, the sport that never sleeps. It's a 12-month of the year sport. It's a 24-hour sport. Let's start with the tribunal last night. Shane McAdam, his three-week suspension for his bump on Jacob Ware from the GWS Giants was upheld. So his appeal was unsuccessful. A lot of talk this week about the bump, whether or not the bump is dead, whether we're going to be able to see it again. Simon Goodwin's come out and said that he's going to convince his players to avoid bumping in the future. I think that Scott Pendlebury came out and said that perhaps we should have a sin bin rule, which is an interesting proposition. And coming from a rugby union background, talking to rugby union people during the week, they are shocked that Cozzy Pickett didn't get more than two weeks because that is an immediate red card in rugby union. The second that you leave the ground and you bump with your shoulder, you're off the ground for 10 minutes and the opposition has a 10-minute advantage. So they were really surprised that Cozzy only got the two weeks. McAdams got three uh, because of the potential to cause injury. Yep. 
what did you make of it? Was it a fair? No, I think I think it, I think a statement's been made. I think it's um, better for the game and better for the players and protecting themselves from from injury. So uh, it's going to be a, a high mark now for suspensions, which I agree with. I think any sort of intentional bump, absolutely two weeks is a starting point. The other point that we've been talking about this week that awful injury to poor Jeremy Howe. Yeah. Oh, it's one that you can either watch or you can't. I know that Channel Seven decided not to show it again because it was ridiculously gruesome and. I personally haven't watched it. I can't make myself watch it. And poor Jeremy Howe, he's one of the good guys of the AFL. He's a really, really top bloke and you just feel for him. Uh, Craig McRae gave an update on that yesterday. He said it looked like a cartoon picture. And is it going to shake Collingwood? Do you think that it could shake them? Because he is a general down back and it was pretty gruesome. Yeah, a little bit. Like, great teams find a way to win anyway and Collingwood are looking like a terrific team this year. He's an important piece of, of that puzzle, but you rely on your next man in. Billy Frampton gets his chance. They've still got Darcy Moore, Nathan Murphy, a lot of other key defenders that can uh, that can pull their weight back there. So got no issue with that. He'll be fine. Hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. And these days, the, uh, the, the power of the surgery and what they can do, the, the surgeons and the players too, to recover. Hopefully he doesn't miss too long. Yeah, absolutely. We wish him the best in his recovery and hope that he's back on the track very soon. Interesting one that caught my eye this week. Daisy Pierce not being allowed into the Richmond rooms. Of course, she is now an assistant coach at yep. Geelong, and but she is also a commentator at Channel 7. So there's a bit of a conflict there. Neil Baum said that they know that she's got a job to do and so forth, but she does work for the opposition and they have a a, a policy where you can't have your opposition coaches in there. Yeah. Is that fair? Oh, I think so. What do you think? I, I, I agree. I think, I, I think it's completely fair. Yeah. At the end of the day, she she coaches for Geelong. Yeah. So, and it's like anything, you get a lot of commentators that won't commentate games that their former clubs have played, for example. Yeah. And so, yes, there's not a conflict, but they just don't feel comfortable. And I, I think that's completely fair. And another one of interest is that the Australian GP board look like they're going to go after Travis Old. Now, Travis Old was sitting on the boundary last night with Gillan McLaughlin and Andrew Dillon. Of course, he's one of the big dogs at the AFL and is one of the favourites to take Mm. on the role after Gill. Now, the Australian GP look like they want to just swoop in and take Travis Old. Personally, I think he's the favourite to get I think he's the favourite to get the role just because he's got that lawyer background and there could be a lot of uh, issues going forward with concussion in the AFL. So that's something that they're going to to look at. And they do have a a history of sticking with what they know in the AFL. They usually go for – there's either a succession plan or they go for the two IC. So that's my – feeling, but this could throw a spanner in the works. Interesting. We'll keep an eye on that one. Hey, we have to take a break, Nat, because coming up, we've got a young GWS Giants star to join us to chat about their big game against the West Coast Eagles on Sunday. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Listener, please hit the like button or leave us a review and ratings. New episodes every day at lunchtime. You're listening to the Footy Talk podcast on this Friday with Nat Yanides and Lee Montagna. And we're very lucky that now to have our special guest joining us. He's one of the young, unheralded stars of this GWS Giants backline, newest member of the leadership group, 
But what I like is he's known as the CEO of the GWS Giants, the chief energy officer. This man's got a bit of spunk about him, a bit of pizzazz, and he can certainly play some footy. Welcome to Footy Talk, Connor Iden. Nice to have you. How are you feeling gearing up? You're heading over to Perth, big game against the Eagles. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Um, no, very excited for the game this weekend. I think um, heard there should be a big crowd, says Stephen Cornelio. So, um, yeah, keen to tuck into it and, and get over there and, and hopefully get a win away from home. Connor, a lot was made about the heat in Western Sydney last week. Toby Green spoke about it post-match. Just how did you pull up after that one? Oh, I'll be honest, terribly the day after. <laughs> um, very dehydrated and it felt like 48 degrees out there. I think it was only 38, but... Um, yeah, I couldn't really talk after the game. I was talking to mum and words weren't coming out properly, but um, hit the hydrolite and Gatorade pretty hard and, yeah, I'm back now, which is good. So it's not going to be often you go to Perth and say it's going to be a nice relief to go over to, to play in Perth because it's going to be warm over there. But you must be pleased with the start. Obviously, a new coach, Adam Kingsley, brought in a fresh game plan. Looks as if the players are really relishing that at the moment. Yeah, definitely. He's um, brought a lot of change in, whole new um, coaching staff, so... I think the game plan suits us really well, um, playing a bit quicker than we did last year. And I think in the last three quarters of the game on the weekend, we really showed that and um, it went a long way to us winning the game in the end. What's the feeling been like amongst the group under the new coach? Because there was a sense that maybe things were getting a little bit stale under Leon Cameron. He had been there for a while. Just what has Kingsley brought to this group as as a new coach, not just uh, at the club, but also in the AFL as well, an untried senior coach? Well, I guess a few things. I think he's been a really big connector of the club. So um, he's connected staff and players together, um, which is a big one. He's also, as I said, brought in the new game plan, which um, we've relished and also gives all players um, an equal chance, I guess. He's coming in with a fresh set of eyes and um, players get a bit of hope from that. So um, everyone trained really hard over the pre-season trying to get a game for round one and um, the future round. So it's been really healthy competition at the club at the moment. So Connor, tell us about the CEO role that you've got at the footy club, the chief energy officer. I've been told you are one of the boys that's up and about, which are important in footy clubs, because as we know, when the season drags on, it starts getting a bit heavy and blokes get a bit flat and tired. You need you need someone in the group, Nat, who can just spark everyone up and get them going. Is, is that your role? Is it self-appointed or have the group named you the, the energy officer? Nah, definitely not self-appointed. Cheesy <laughs> um, Isaac coming, um, Gave it to me. I, I think I just talk a lot of pump. Um, <laughs> we've got Carl Ward. He's like um, the farly figure around the club. He's got he's got the license to tell me when to shut up. So if I am taking it a bit too far, he pulls me in the line pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, I just like to. I've got a lot of energy as a younger kid, and um, I just love coming into work every day with the group of boys we got. So. Um, yeah, talking pumps an easy thing to do, and um, I love doing it. I love finding this stuff out behind behind the four walls. Who else is sort of the, the, the sort of the weird cats, the strange ones, the the, lo- the loose units that are the ones, that are the glue guys that everyone sort of is drawn to at the footy club? Give us a couple of names. Oh, I'm telling you, if you get if you get myself and Xavier Halloran together, it's a, it's a dangerous trio. <laughs> um, then you got you got cheesy, as I said, Isaac Carmi. He's a bit of a larrikin. Um, R three really get the group going, I think, and. Um, we love that. We love that title that we've got. So, as I said, if you're talking off pump, eventually um, something will stick and you'll get a little laugh out of it. Yeah, good. What's the skipper like? What's Toby Green like? Because he gets a bad rap sometimes. He can be a little bit uh, angry, I guess you could say, on the field, and he does get a bit of a bad rap. What's he like behind closed doors? Nah, he's, he's unreal, Captain. Um, yeah, once you're on his side, he'll do anything for you. Um, he'll die for anyone at this club, and 
that's the reason he was voted in. And um, yeah, he's got a bit of white line fever. I've copped a few punches to the throat through the preseason <laughs> uh, when I'm matching him up a bit tightly. But um, no, nah, that's why we love him. And sometimes he takes it a bit too far. But I think lately he's done a great job at trying to control that. And um, yeah, he leads by actions and um, his words are starting to follow. So yeah, he's been a great addition. Well, it's very exciting, mate. Very exciting to have you part of the show and exciting for the GWS Giants this year. You want to get all the fans on board. You want to get, they're going to be exciting to watch. I mean, that there's talk of that orange tsunami coming back. So hopefully you can play some good footy. What are the expectations? What's Adam Kingsley's message been to the group around this season? What does it look like for the Giants? No, he's been really good in that regard. I mean, um, it's easy to get caught up in the win and losses, but he said as long as we're playing the Giants' way, which is our own tsunami, fast style of gameplay, um, stepping in defensively, um, he'll be happy. So we just want to play Giants footy. I think it'd be really great to watch for for outsiders. And, um, yeah, if we play that way, we'll we'll lift our reward on the end of it. But, yeah, wins and losses aren't, aren't paramount for us this year. You could see a debutant this weekend as well, the number one pick in, in Cadman. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, he's been great. He's a great competitor. I mean, I played him a fair bit over the preseason. Um, he's not afraid to give me a little whack here and there. So um, that's what we love about Cads. He just competes and um, he gets his licks later in game. I think he kicked six in the second half um, on the weekend. So that's great for a young kids to come in and just compete, play his role, and then um, yeah, he gets the lick on the end of that. Well, thank you for your time, Connor. We've really appreciated chatting to you on Footy Talk. Don't be a stranger. Come on again throughout the year. It'd be great to keep in touch with you and how the GWS Giants are going. So good luck this weekend against the West Coast Eagles and good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you very much for having me, guys. See you soon. Very good. Lovely young man, Connor Iden. I've got a good little story about Toby Green. We went to Fiji with my young family just before Christmas, and Toby Green was over there with his partner, and he was a lovely, because my little fella, nearly five, just starting to get into his footy, yep. so he's loving it. And I said, there's Toby Green, one of the best players in the comp, and no one knew him because he had a footy card. So we went over and said day and had a chat, and Toby was lovely, and then Toby said to him, would you like a photo? And Noah said, would love that. So Noah got my phone. And wanted to take a photo of Toby on his own. <laughs> my little boy didn't realise that he was meant to get in the photo with Toby Green. So Noah got the camera out and wanted to take a photo of Toby. So very funny. But he is a lovely man. He's a bit um, – the perception doesn't match the reality with what Toby Green is like. He's, he's a lovely man. Well, speaking of taking photos of Toby Green, did you see that shoot in the magazine? The GQ, the... No, I haven't. Oh, Toby wow. doing some modelling. Oh, my goodness. Toby, Buddy, Bailey Smith and Ooh. Christian Petrarca. Oh, there's some good All looking. All the big dogs. There's some good looking young men. very, very – very chic. Uh, very good. Hey, Nat, thank you for your time today on Footy Talk. We'll look forward to seeing you and speaking to you throughout the year as well. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of Footy Talk. If you do have a question for us or you want to hit us up, get on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or on TikTok at footytalkpod. I'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the big game tonight, Brisbane and Melbourne, and look ahead to the weekend with Jay-Z Clark. Until then, enjoy your Friday. Listener.